This is Chelsea. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast on which we rewatch very special episodes of television from the past and see what they have to teach us today. And today we are looking at the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Papa's got a brand new excuse. This yep. is season four, episode 24. It premiered uh, May 9th, 1994. This is the 25th anniversary of the show. Well, not. We just passed the 25th anniversary. It's the year of the 25th yes. anniversary of the show. We're a little about, about six weeks late. It's, but, it's yeah. the 25th and sixth <laughs> week anniversary of the show. Which is the paper anniversary. It is. What did I get for Fresh Prince? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Sorry. Uh, so let's go over the credits here. We have written by Bill Bulware and David Zuckerman. But we also have something weird in the credits, mm-hmm. which is format by Benny Medina and Jeff Pollock. Yeah. That's, Do you know uh, what that means? I looked it up. Okay. Because I figured it'd, it'd come up. And uh, thank you, WGA, for making this... Uh, Accessible? Tough yeah. to understand. Oh. Um, no, no. It's it's a weird thing. It's uh, The format is sort of like when you build a framework in which the episode operates. Like an outline? Kind of. Like if you're like, well, these characters are like this and do that. But it's not specifically creating the characters. That's like... Is that, you mean for all of Fresh Prince or just yeah, this episode? they get a credit, they get a format credit on every episode on every of Fresh episode. Prince. Okay, I can see that. More than for an individual I can, episode. Yeah, I can where read Where it would be it. like, what's that, a page-long document? Like, I mean, really, yeah, yeah. to get like some some sweet kicks, sweet kickbacks. Um, all right. Well, let's do let's do our, our beloved segment. We don't, we just keep getting calls and letters about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wrote, What? <laughs> So, Bill Bulware wrote on a show called Drexel's Class. Uh-huh. Are you aware of this? I'm not. I'm not either. He wrote an episode called Silent Night. Holy smokes! Cool. Drexel's Class is uh, described on IMDb as, Otis Drexel is a corporate raider who is known for getting the deal done. Ooh. He is then caught red-handed for dodging taxes and given a suspended sentence so long as he works as a school teacher at an elementary school until the back taxes are paid. Oh, so it's like hardball. <laughs> that Keanu Reeves movie? Yeah. It, you know what it is? It's fucking quaint bullshit that we don't do anymore. Where it's like, your punishment is a job. It's right. Like, oh. Help kids. Oh, could you imagine such a thing? It starred Dabney Coleman, uh, Dabney Coleman uh, America's major dad. A young Brittany Murphy. And also this episode stars a young Jason Biggs. Oh. Yeah. What a class. So that's been, you wrote, what? You can watch The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on Amazon Prime Video. It does cost $2.99 per episode to buy the episodes in HD, so it's pretty pricey. But this is both the highest rated and, for most people, most memorable episode of this series. So uh, I'm glad to now own it in HD on my I also own it in HD. (laughs) Um, I'm fine with that. The name of the episode is Papa's Got a Brand New Excuse, which is a riff on, of course, the James Brown song, Papa's Got a Brand New Bag. Mm-hmm. 1966. I want to say, in looking at the titles uh, of, I feel like Fresh Prince should have won an Emmy for title of episodes, titles of episodes. And if the, only that was a real thing, and right? Made up right now. <laughs> um, but in uh, other episodes in season five, let me just walk you through Please. a few of them. Oh, by, by all means. What's Will got to do with oh, it? Oh boy. 
Grumpy Young Men. Oh. Soul Train with about seven O's. No, they're doing Soul Train. <laughs> Uh, That's how I knew to t- turn off the TV because cartoons were over on Saturday. <laughs> I'd be go. like, oh, you did it again, gummy bears. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Bullets over Bel Air. Oh. A decent proposal. Jesus, Louisa. Will is from Mars. Slum like it not. Oh my God. As the will turns, save the last chance for me. To thine own self be blue and gold for whom the wedding bell tolls. Love in an elevator, obviously, Aerosmith song. I mean... This, this is, is just season five. This yeah. is not even all of them. The pun game is strong. So they're like, hey, so we hired this writer who's just a dad. That's his only <laughs> yes, thing. Yes. What can we use him for? I don't know. Titles? I'm on it. <laughs> Good job, Craig. Go sit over there. I certainly will. Smith, do that. <laughs> you've got you got the job. Yeah. When they do the inevitable reboot where Will's the dad. Absolutely. You've got that, that job. Okay. So before we go too much further, yeah. let's get into this snack. Yep. I'm not excited. You're not excited. No. uh, Describe it for us. I will describe it right now and correctly. It's Ruffles Double Crunch. So far, so good, right? Mm -hmm. Wrong. Hot Wings flavored. Now, this is always a gamble because you don't know if it's going to be like the idea of eating a chicken wing flavor or if Mm -hmm. they've just put a bunch of hot sauce on it. Also, like, what is the double crunch? Mm. What... But how do we measure that? Kettle cooked to crispy, crunchy perfection, which just okay. means they're fucking more difficult to chew. <laughs> awesome. That's what they. That's all they had to say was sorry about your mouth. All right, let's uh, let's see how they taste. The full moon is calling. The fever is high. Troubled as I am by the math and how we, how on earth we quantify double crunch, Miles, I think they're tasty. Yeah, they, I mean, they taste like hot sauce, and I'm not a, a fan. Oh, that's true. You don't I mean, like not hot super sauce. spicy. It's just kind of like, you know, they're not super spicy, but they are super vinegary, which mm. um, I like because I like a vinegary chip. Uh, Miles, Miles has made a discovery about the two x the crunch. Mm-hmm. Miles, thank you, Andy. This is Miles <laughs> on the scene. Oh, Can you make it sound like you're in a helicopter right now? <laughs> He's in the snack copter. <laughs> And as Andy mentioned, just below two times the crunch is an asterisk, mm-hmm. and it took some investigation, but on the reverse side of the bag, Andy, it appears asterisk refers to compared to Ruffles' original potato chips. It's tr- interesting, Miles, and how is the traffic on the 10 right now? <laughs> it's back to back. Back to the uh, studio, Chelsea? That was Miles in the snack copter. Thank you so much for that on-the-scene reporting. Uh, now let's get back to the episode. Fresh Prince of Bel Air ran for 148 episodes, six seasons, 1990 to 1996. Uh, ran on NBC. After NBC canceled Fresh Prince in its fourth season, there was a fan outcry and they decided to bring the show back. Mm-hmm. As we talked about last time we covered this show, Will Smith had been a rapper. He had released three albums with DJ Jazzy Jeff, but he was never formally trained as an actor. He learned on the set from the other actors. And he was constantly talking about wanting their approval and wanting to feel like with all these highly trained actors, he was their colleague. And here we are, 
season three, I think uh, we're going to talk about, or season four, yeah. we're going to talk about how he, how he's living up to the, the example set by his co-stars. I mean, it's arguably, this is the best he's going to do in the series. I mean, I can't yeah. qualify that, but obviously yeah. he does really well and it's not surprising but it's 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 progress yeah he talks about like how he he was doing a lot of amateur actor mistakes when yeah. he first got there and now he's just doing great stuff yeah and this is the highest rated episode of the series as mm-hmm. i think i mentioned before there's been a lot written especially recently with the 25th anniversary there have been a lot of articles and um retrospectives written about this episode and one of them that i read said that this is the episode that paved the way from to go from will smith novelty rapper to will smith two-time oscar nominee like this is where it starts well when you put it like that yeah so let's get into this uh, goddamn episode of television. We start at the University Commons, the Peacock a Store coffee place. It's like a, yeah, it's like a student union. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is our final phase. This is the sitcoms move from one area into the next. And usually the final phase, if it's concentrated on kids, is the kids go to a college. Right. So we're here now, and unless somebody gets married and they do a spinoff, this will be it. Just to catch you up in case for some reason you don't know the premise of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Will grows up in West Philadelphia and then is sent to live with his aunt, uncle, and cousins in their posh Bel-Air neighborhood in Los Angeles. Will is funny and streetwise and inappropriate a lot of the time. His uncle, Phil, and cousin Carlton clash with him fairly often. Because they're kind of stuck up and stuffy, but there's a lot of love in the family. There's a lot of support. Everyone's growing up by season four, Will and Carlton are in college. Like you said, we have a new little kid. We have baby Nikki. That's right. Um, who came along later, real cousin Oliver sort of a situation. Is this Viv's kid? Yeah. Okay. An important part of the ordinary world that we don't talk about much in the show, but is crucial to know for this episode, is that Will's father left their family when he was a little kid. He was raised by his mother exclusively. Right. He didn't talk to his dad. He had no contact with his dad. Hung out on playgrounds most of his days. Yeah. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing. I mean, look. None of that involved his dad. When are we going to get to the 80s, 90s nostalgia where we start wrapping the plots either before or after a piece of media. I mean, we need to get to the previous raps because all I want out of life is every movie to end with like a rap that sums up what I just watched. Yeah, so like the Hamilton effect, basically. Like basically. It's, it's the easiest, yeah. or not easiest, but it's the fastest way to convey dense information. Sure. Most words per minute. Oh, no, you can be as clunky as you want. Yeah. That's fine. It doesn't matter. It's not good. It's not helpful. You just watch the movie. What do I care about the rap? It's just comforting. Right, it's just like, comforting. Here's what you just watched. The, the rap recap. Rap cap. The rap cap. Um <laughs> So, and for this episode, we find Will at his job at the student union, kind of clearing tables. A man he's never seen before, he thinks, is watching him and smiling in a real long-lost father slash active serial killer way. Yeah. Uh, I'm not an expert here, Chelsea, but um, we'll get into this episode and what it means. But uh, needless to say, I, I've, I've, I've put together a list of, of tips mm-hmm. for absent fathers trying to get back in there. <laughs> And number one with a bullet is uh, don't creep on your kid. Yeah, you know, a paternal phone call. paternal longing and regular creepiness are kind of difficult to tell it's apart. A razor's edge. So try talking with yeah. words. So Will sees this guy watching him, and he's slightly perturbed. And he goes over to Carlton, who also works there mm-hmm. at the student union. And he says, "I think that guy's uh, watching me. He might be a cop." And Carlton's like, "Turn yourself in, Will. It's the only way." Yes. And Will goes, "You're right. You're right." And then he 
he goes to turn himself in before remembering that he didn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, anything. Turns away, like, I didn't do anything. This is and, some real slapsticky three stooges comedy we're doing here. Yeah. Like at the beginning. We're like, we have to get some funny out of the way, guys. Exactly. Remember we're a comedy? Oh, let's get down to business. Also, I think we have to set up that Will normally, even in this very first little exchange with Carlton, is like very self-assured. He makes jokes. He's very lively. He's always sort of like cracking people up. He's not reflective. He's not a pensive person normally. Mm-hmm. He's not... It definitely we're going to find out a person who's super in touch with his deepest feelings. Yeah. And so we're just setting up the will. This is sort of how Will goes through life. That's all we get of the ordinary world because the call to adventure comes as soon as Will walks over to this guy who's watching him's table and says, can I get you anything? And the man <laughs> responds with, no, I'm fine, son. Yeah. Tip number two. You can't just throw out sun and then stare at somebody. <laughs> you, have, you have to use more it's words the tone than of that. Voice. It's the tone of voice. I think it's worth noting right now that this uh, this man is, is Will's father, Lou Smith, who's being played by Tony Award-winning Broadway star Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen. So Will walks back to Carlton and says, "Is he a, Carlton's like, is he a cop? And Will says, no, he's my father. And he gets that from, no, I'm fine, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which... You have to have a Ben Vereen in this part. This is like, this is the thing about this episode. You have Ben Vereen, who, among many other credits, originated the role of Judas Iscariot in Jesus Christ Superstar, Mm -hmm. was nominated for a Tony for that, then won a Tony the next year for his role as the leading player in Pippin. He most recently played the Wizard of Oz in Wicked on Broadway in 2005-2006. And actually, a bit of trivia, producers considered Lawrence Fishburne for the role. Ooh, that that they something. thought his demeanor was too laid back. Ben Brain's pretty kicked back in this, I don't know. Yeah, right. He is, he is wearing an outfit that I described as humble trucker superstar. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. but you can tell from this first line and the subtlety of it the context all the way he delivers it you can tell that this guy is like a master actor maybe i'm putting too much on it but it's one line and he conveys like like as soon as will's like i think he's my dad you're like oh i know why he thinks that like the way the line was delivered it's kind of extraordinary in a sitcom that's normally really slapsticky to see this kind of nuance nuance is the word because he doesn't he doesn't like you know like a regular sitcom actor would be like no i'm fine Son, long pause. Yeah, <laughs> and he actually almost swallows the word "son." It's it's difficult for him to say, and that's uh-huh. the that's how we convey that. Um, ben Vereen's acting is really good in this. Yeah, and so is, of course, Uncle Phil's, Ugh. because James Avery is a master actor, and yep. and uh, and Will Smith rises to meet them, and you have this really well acted twenty four minutes of TV. Absolutely, which is why I think it's the most memorable episode for a lot of people of the series. So that's our so, cold open. We did slapsticky open. comedy. We did what's 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 weird about things, and then we we ended on a super dramatic note, and then we rap for a little bit. Yeah, get into the theme song, set up the whole show, um, and then we're right back where we started. Yeah. So we have a short refusal of the call. Will walks away from his father, and his father pursues him with, uh, "You probably don't remember me." And Will says, "Oh yeah, I remember you," but he doesn't hug him or even smile. He's just like, "What's up?" Mm. They're in this weird. <laughs> moment where they're kind of looking at each other like how do you how do you 14 years you know like will doesn't even remember his dad really from he was five years old when his dad left he doesn't have any impressions of him as a man there's been not even a phone call not even a birthday card in 14 years like what are you gonna do and they can't they can't figure out how to start a conversation so carlton jumps in favorite line of the show carlton jumps in mine too it made me laugh out loud carlton immediately goes uncle lou it's me carlton did you bring me anything (laughs) so fucking wonderful did you bring bring me anything anything? from when you abandoned your family did you bring me anything it's been 14 years i'm expecting something pretty good (laughs) i'm so rich did you bring me anything um 
But Carlton quickly realizes this, mo- this moment is not about him and yeah. sort of backs off. But the audience laughs, and it's a really beautiful way to like break the tension. For sure. Because how do you start that conversation? I mean, it's like an impossible conversation to yeah. start. And luckily, we have Carlton just being Carlton, and uh, the audience gets a little moment of, of laughter and relief before we go deep into the, this emotional roller coaster that does not let up. No, all the way through the rest of the episode. It includes actual roller coasters as well. It does. It does. Symbolisms. Ooh. So Will says, "Can I get you some more coffee?" To his dad, and his sort of normal bravado that I talked about is gone. He looks awkward and unsure. And his dad says, "When did you get so tall?" And he says, "Mostly during the eighties." Yeah, pretty funny. I thought so. Yeah, they mentioned that he's been gone for fourteen years. I'm a little distracted at this point because this is a estranged truck driving father trying to make amends with his kid. Which is the plot of Over the Top starring Sylvester Stallone. The and, world's best arm wrestling for child custody Yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. Thank you, Steve Adnisi. And so I'm going to call this episode, well the, well, the title is great. I'm going to call it Over the Top of Bel Air. <laughs> oh, my God. And it really, Lou doesn't know how to do this. He knows that he sort of wants to have some sort of interaction with his kid. Yeah. But he's also, he, he's like, okay, well, I better go. And I think that if Will doesn't stop him, he's just going to get in yeah. the truck and drive away he's forever. He's really putting the ball in Will's court about how sure. much he wants to interact. And he says, yeah, I talked to your mom about three months ago. She told me where you were. And I'm a trucker. I was driving through LA on business. So I wanted to check in. And Will's like, I'm doing fine while staring at the table. Yep. And then his dad's like, oh, okay. And there's almost a second refusal of the call. Almost. It's but close. then Will stops him and says, why don't you come over to the house for dinner? And Lou's like, oh, I'm not sure I'll be welcome at the bank's home. Doesn't Uncle Phil still not appreciate any bullshit? <laughs> and I'm probably, I'm made right. of 75% bullshit, so. Um, but Will's like, oh, no, the family will be cool. Just quick note here in case you're um, having some confusion over the uh, family tree. Will's mother is married. Will's mother is the sister of Aunt Viv. Her name is Violet. Violet. Vi. Vi and Viv. Um, And Viv are sisters. So Uncle Phil is not, none of the Banks family is related to Lou in any way by blood. He is just the guy that married their mom's sister, married their wife's sister, and then abandoned her and her five-year-old child. Yep. That's all they know of them. That's all Will knows of them. And and, uh, Well, we get... We get Hillary speaking get, truth well, to we power later. We also get later. uncomfortable Ben Vereen's hot exchange. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get yeah, to it. Yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah. to it. Yeah. So, so yes. So the, another good understated moment is uh, Will's like, I get off work at six o'clock. He's like, I'll come pick you up. And then they do that awkward. Are we shaking hands or hugging? Or do maybe neither. I'll just wave and say, "Welp," and go. Yeah. And now this spot is haunted. Yeah, <laughs> do nothing in terms of a physical interaction. Yeah. But Carlton yells, "Good to see you again, Uncle Lou!" As he's so leaving, as though cool. like he saw him last weekend. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> So this is this is uh, an important moment. Carlton comes over to Will and he says, "Wow, fourteen years! You must be on a roller coaster of emotions." Mm-hmm. And Will just blows him off. He's like, "Mom, I'm fine." And Carlton offers him a hug and he says, "I'm there for you. I'm here for you." And Will refuses. And now we see the hero's journey that we're on. Yeah. Will needs to deal with his feelings about his father and put them into a context for adulthood. It's almost like a coming of age. It's the kind of thing that takes, you know, a decade in therapy, but we're going to do it in 24 minutes. The only memories he has of his dad are as a child and then this this fantasy of his dad that he's had for 14 years. Yeah. And now he needs to reckon with the reality of his dad so he can move forward into adulthood yeah. with an, an adult understanding of his father as a man. It's more fair to say in this episode that he's going to get to a point where he 
can begin to reframe his right. idea of his father. But as it stands right now, Carlton offers to hold him and Will refuses the call to comfort. Yep. And he's going to refuse the call to comfort from every single character Everybody, in this Everybody's like, hey, man, show. do you want to talk about this? He's like, I'm fine. Yeah. Which And everyone's talking to each other like, is Will okay? How's Will doing? Exactly. Everyone knows that this should be like a really earth-shattering mindfuck. And yeah. he's just kind of like, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's difficult to you know be confronted with this again and want to naturally have a relationship with your father. But right. also put aside all the anger and disappointment that you feel, it's not possible. You have to, you have right. to deal with all of it and then try to move forward if it's possible. And in this case, it's not. So, right. spoiler. So, cut to the bank's home. Will and his father come in, and Aunt Viv is upset that she wasn't forewarned about yeah. this dinner guest. Maybe you should have, Will. Just call Ed. Um, Will tries to introduce Jeffrey, the wisecracking butler, to Lou, but he can't. He can't say this is oh. my father. He can't say this is my yeah. dad. He just, he's like, this is a guy. Then it turns out that, that, okay, so first things first. Let's get this out of the way. Lou calls Aunt Viv a stone-cold fox. Tip number three, absent father's trying to get back in there. <laughs> yeah. Don't do no, this. that's your, your ex-wife's sister. And then Will says that he did call. He called Jeffrey, and Jeffrey's like, didn't Jeffrey tell you? And he's like, no, I thought it'd be funnier if I didn't tell you. And it yeah. is. Jeffrey's constantly like pushing the boundary of uh, fireable offenses. That's what I have here. I have the Jeffrey should totally get fired count. This is number one. <laughs> number one. It's not yeah. the last time. <laughs> it's not. Uh, you don't get the editorial call, Jeffrey. Like your mm-hmm. job is to convey messages when they come yeah, in. Yeah, bro. And Aunt Viv knows. You're a butler. But more importantly, you're a butt outler. Okay. You know, his last name is actually Butler. In the series, Jeffrey's last name is Butler, and his middle name is Barbara. Bit of trivia. That's good. I met him one time, the actor. Oh, really? Delightful person. Aw. Yeah, I saw him do Shakespeare in San Diego. Oh, right. So did I. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He was great. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just remembered that. He was he was so funny. <laughs> we did it. Um, so Aunt Viv knows that Uncle Phil's going to be pissed about this. Mm-hmm. She says, Will, how are you doing? Again, he kind of shrugs it off and he's like, I'm cool, I'm cool. Viv is like, let me try to catch Phil before he leaves. Like, yeah. Let me try to get him to stop him from coming home. And she gets on the phone. Will and his father go into the living room and Hillary, the rose of the family, uh, <laughs> doesn't believe that this man is Will's father because she says, Will's dad is a deadbeat who left him and his mom flat. Yeah. And Lou's way to like, fucking go, Hillary. By the way, Lou's like, uh, yep, yep. She uh, should be a, a character on the office with this lack of self awareness. Yes. And then she screams, "Uncle Lou!" and hugs him just like Carlton. <laughs> She's a real Carlton about it once she figures out who he is. Nobody understands. Like, oh, it's, but he's a, he's an uncle. Hooray! Exactly. It's just like that. That supersedes everything. I I would have slipped in another. Did you bring me anything? Yeah. I would have added that little joke. Yeah. Then Uncle Phil comes in, and the first words out of his mouth, nothing like "hello." nothing like oh my god yeah what are you doing here in a very aggressive tone yeah i think that if uncle phil murdered somebody they would be like hey uncle phil did you murder somebody and he was like yeah they deserved it they'd be like case dismissed yeah no no jury in the world would convict him not at all Hillary slips in a couple sick, unintentional burns again. Yeah, yes. Ashley comes downstairs with little baby Nikki, and mm. Lou holds him and says, You know, Will, I used to hold you just like this. And Hillary immediately responds, Then why'd you run out on him? Oh, boy. It's, it's really uh, good. It's mwah. It's really good because it's like you don't blame her. And then also you're like, Yeah, someone should be saying these things. Exactly. Yeah. But it's it's not, Hillary's not exactly holding his feet to the fire as much as she's like, you, You're a deadbeat, huh? Yeah, state in the obvious. How's that for you? <laughs> Will still can't say the word father or dad he introduces ashley uh to him saying he's my lou 
So now we have a way to clearly track how he's doing with his hero's journey of resolving yes. or, or get, come again, getting in touch with his anger and his feelings. Yeah. He can't say dad or father. Meanwhile, Viv has taken Uncle Phil into the the uh, kitchen to, I'm assume, give him a, a healthy dose of Valium <laughs> yes. to keep him from murdering a man. Yes. To keep him from murdering beloved Pippin Starbeaver. <laughs> <laughs> he comes back out and makes it about three lines before he's like, fuck you. He's like, uh, Lou's like, yeah, I'm a trucker now. And Phil's like, cool. If you're making money, why didn't you send any back to the wife and kid you abandoned? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I'm skipping dinner. I have no appetite. He goes upstairs and Jeffrey course, says, should I call 911? And somebody just fucking fires Jeffrey. <laughs> That's number two, by number the way. Two. Jeffrey should totally get fired. Count is up to two. Okay. So the next thing we have is like a bit of a, <laughs> we have like a, bit of a I feel like we missed a moment of connective tissue because of yeah. the shortness of the format so we go from there at the bank's house about to have dinner Uncle Phil hates him everyone else is kind of on board Will's not dealing with anything to a carnival uh-huh. and we miss the conversation about like hey do you want to go to a carnival like yeah it's kind of a weird jump from what are you doing here I've never seen you I haven't seen you in 14 years to, all right, let's have a meal together, to, hey, let's do, like, a fun outing thing. We could have used a moment where it was, like, Will is definitely putting this aside to hang out with his father. Right. Like, just a line or two where it was, like, hey, it doesn't matter why he's back, he's back. Yeah, or his dad being, like, hey, you used to love this kind of thing when you were a kid. Yeah. Let's go. Because, I mean, this this scene, he gets into it. Ben, ben Vereen, I, I want to call him Ben Vereen every time. Lou gets into it right away, like, I owe you an explanation, but first things first, we have this incredible image of Will and his father both wearing the same beanie hats yeah. and goofy shirts and, and having a, a blast at a, a really low-rent carnival for California, I'll be honest Yeah, with I was like, is this a Santa Monica? But no, it's it's a closet. This is happening in a broom closet. It's yeah. real low-rent. Santa Monica broom closet. <laughs> right. It's a definite step back, right? So they go to a carnival. They're laughing and having fun, but they're not working through anything. They're not addressing anything. They're not getting to know each other as men. Yeah. It's a little bit of a... Regression. I don't know if this is something the writers did on purpose. For me, it feels purposeful. Sure, me Of too. like returning to childhood. Will being yeah. like, I want to relive the childhood that I didn't get with you. I also feel like it's it's important that they've drawn a line between the way that Will is acting is very similar to the way that Lou is acting. And Lou, as somebody who has that lack of responsibility, is also just like, I'm cool acting like a kid. In fact, yeah. he shows off here in five minutes. He's yeah. like, look what I can do. It's like, yeah. Eh. Will so. sees a little boy get hoisted onto his father's shoulders and, and he has and like a visible reaction to it, which Lou registers. Yeah. This kid, by the way, laughs like he was trained by the penguin. I, For me, I was like, oh, this is the 15th take that this poor little kid has yeah. had to do and he's forgotten what laughter actually sounds uh-huh. like. Batman? Uh, so, they- <laughs> so, yeah, they stare at this kid, and it's very obvious they need to go over this. So, it's like, I owe you an explanation. And Will's like, no, no, I don't want to get into this at this low-rent carnival. But, <laughs> but- <laughs> I don't want to get into this at this low-rent carnival. Another Broadway show that Ben Vereen was in. Low-rent carnival of feelings. Low-rent carnival. Yeah, Lou says that he was really happy when Will was born, but then he got scared and ran away. Doesn't really say much more than that. Doesn't go into, like, I could have talked to you at any time in 14 yeah. years. We're not going to get a whole, like, I wrote you every day, and your mom didn't give you the letters. Right. No, he's been good. No, he's, he's been totally he's fine. He's like, yeah, I got scared. I thought, uh, I thought I'd never be happier than when you were born and then I felt trapped and it's like okay maybe you weren't ready to be a full-time father but yeah. you could have 
called. You could have sent birthday cards. You know, sure. like, he really absolves himself of any sort of responsibility. And he doesn't say anything to the fact of, like, but now I feel differently, or now I've grown yes. up. It's just like, but now I want you in my life, or, you know, yeah. to get to know you. And it's like, that's not... This isn't this isn't good enough. He says I'm a different man now, and that's going to be key later. He says I'm a different man now. I want to get to know you, and Will is hesitant about this. But then they start bonding over basketball. Will Will's doing a great job here, mm-hmm. um, acting hesitant. It's awkward and things like that. However, because of the subject matter, it does appear as though Will's trying to choose his words carefully, mm-hmm. and that. Lou might leave at any second. Yeah. So I used to make free throws. I don't believe you. What? I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so then they go over to a basketball carnival game, and it's uh, a big part of the series that Will loves basketball. He's sure. very good at basketball. He was shooting some b-ball outside of the school uh, yeah. when the couple of guys that were up to no good gave us the uh, the catalyst for the entire series. This isn't shooting hoops as much as it's putting hoops, because this <laughs> is the shoddiest carnival game. <laughs> like, you're putting in more effort by tossing it, than you just, like, <laughs> hand it to the hoop. Right. Lou is sinking basket after basket this carnival game, and Will people are coming impressed. over. Yeah, people are coming over, including the little kid that little laughs like... Kid. <laughs> little penguin kid. <laughs> and he's like, wow, he's really good. And and Will says, yeah, he's my dad. Absolutely. dad for the first time. And that's an important moment moment. What's not important about this moment is that the <laughs> the guy running the game has a legit reaction to this. <laughs> I've sent this to you via text if you'd like to look at this yes, uh, I, right now. I would. That's my dad. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, that's not supposed to stand out to you. <laughs> Just like, hey, butt out, man. <laughs> What? Will, do you mean that? <laughs> well, you uh, haven't said that. You've been able to say that in 14 years. Boy, well, here, hand that prize to that guy, I guess. <laughs> act two. We get into act two, and we're back in the living room. It's the next day, I'm assuming? No, it's the same night. Um, oh. Because they're going to come back from the carnival. Sure. Okay, so we're back at the Banks household. Mm-hmm. Will's mom has called to check on him and talk to Aunt Viv, and Aunt Viv's like, Will is fine. He seems to be oh. handling it okay. Everyone knows that that this whole situation is a ticking time bomb, except for Will, apparently. He and Lou come back from the carnival, and he's as excited as a little kid. Like, they've got prizes. They're all hyped up. I'm sure they've eaten a ton of sugar. Cartooned shirts. Yeah. Also, we get Aunt Viv telling her sister-in-law, or telling her sister that uh, her ex-husband still looks hot. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to lie? It's Ben Vereen, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) The audience is not going to buy it. So she says, what do you want me to say? That he's bloated and looks disgusting? And Uncle Phil walks in, and Jeffrey, who really just wants severance, I think. Right. Yeah, Jeffrey's trying to get fired. It really is. Jeffrey says, well, your ears burning, sir? It's like, read the room. (laughs) Read the episode, Jeffrey. So Will comes in with his dad and announces, with a big smile on his face, that he's going to spend the summer on the road with his dad. Their relationship is just getting started. He's going to hop in the truck and do long distance, long haul trucking with his dad this summer. And Uncle Doesn't Phil and Aunt Viv are like, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. Well, it is, by the way. I don't care who you are. I don't ever want to spend, I don't ever want to go on a long haul truck trip with anybody. Yeah. Like to be confined to a tiny space like that, only to leave it to go to the bathroom. Right. Or check into the La Quinta Inn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking nightmare on wheels. With anybody, especially yeah. a person that you've really just known for a day. What honestly. if y'all yeah, what if y'all don't get along? Yeah. What if you have a fight the first day? Yeah, right. And then it's like, well, I guess we'll just drive for forty four more hours. 
So Uncle Phil actually forbids this. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, you're not You're not going to spend your summer on the road with your dad. And Lou says he's going to go out to the pool house to wait. The pool house being where, where Will lives. It's yeah. like his little apartment. It's um, a weird thing just to say, I'll go wait in the pool house. Yeah, unless you have that bit of context. It's like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine him sitting in there like a, surrounded by pool noodles and like <laughs> equipment for cleaning the pool, just waiting. I'm going to start saying that. Uh, actually, I'll just go wait in the pool. <laughs> Period. Phil is laying it down. He says he, he can't. Will's not listening to reason. Yeah, they have it out. I mean, they really have a fight. Yeah. Uncle Phil is like furious that Lou thinks he can just waltz back into Will's life after 14 years and act like nothing has happened. Uncle Phil has been raising Will for four years. He's his true father, you know, in, in the real grounded way in the unfun times, the audience knows it, you know, Mm -hmm. he, he just has showed up to do like something super fun to try to make up for lost time. But Will has not dealt with any of his feelings not about his father. He's just putting them aside and acting like they can have a blank slate and embark on this new adventure and start over and never have to really talk about the past. And more importantly, the adult in the situation, Lou, is also glossing over it for oh, his own benefit. totally, totally, to make himself feel better. And yeah. Uncle Phil says that. He's like, he's not here for you. And he says, Will, you're a fool if you think that your dad actually cares about you. Basically, mm. of course, Will blows up at that. Yeah. And he's like, come tomorrow. I'm out of here. I've been waiting for this my whole life. No one is going to stop me. And Uncle Phil says, I don't think so. I don't think so. And then Will screams the immortal line, who cares what you think? You are not my father. Oof. And storms out and does the real storm out where there's double swinging doors and he pushes them with both hands and yeah, they yeah. both swing out like saloon doors. It's very dramatic. And Uncle Phil, Aunt Viv has been here this whole time, by the way, not saying anything, but Aunt Viv's mm. been in, in the scene. And Uncle Phil looks as if he's been physically struck. It's difficult to look at. He Like, like he's on the verge of screaming or crying. Ugh. Like someone has slapped him across the face. It's a masterful scene it from is. both of them, especially the late, great James Avery. For sure. Like, this feels like well-worn territory, but... It's important to point out that this is the right way to do this from Will's point of view. Yeah. Is that in your heart, you know that somebody's irresponsible and you're not dealing with a thing. People keep asking him. He keeps saying, I'm not, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Which is not. When you're challenged about something like that, about something you're not dealing with, you double down on the fantasy mm-hmm. of like, this is perfectly fine. Everything's fine. And and you're to be, trying to stop me. Why do you, why don't you want me to be happy? There like, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if, if you challenge that, it's like, well, I'll get angry at you because you know, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you must have some devious intents. The next day. So this is act two. I'm sorry. I yeah. misspoke before. We're in act two. It is okay. the next day. Uncle Phil is very sad. Yeah. He's completely distracted to the point of being almost catatonic. Yeah. He's just sitting on the couch. And Hillary comes in and says, there was an accident at the mall and she totaled his MasterCard. <laughs> um, and instead of getting angry, he just gives her another credit card. Pick and, a card. Yeah. And Ashley comes downstairs and Hillary says, he's like a genie on Valium. Quick, make a wish. <laughs> <laughs> and she has to go to a dance and stay out late. And then Carlton pushes her out of the way and says, quit hogging him. <laughs> yeah. Save some for me. <laughs> and then as soon as Carlton sits down, Uncle Phil asks him, am I a good father? Before we get into this, because this is too serious, we have to go back and, and up the Jeffrey getting fired count. Oh, right. Uncle Phil is despondent on the couch, and Jeffrey's like, well, here's a poem that my mother told me that cheered me up. And he recites a poem about how, like, 
yes, it's terrible being a servant. It can be very difficult, but the rich will suffer a violent death someday. And it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. So Carlton sits down and and Uncle Phil asks him if he's been a good father. And Carlton says, you're the best. And then then he's like, can I have early access to my trust fund? And when Uncle Phil says no, he says, I hate you and screams and runs away. And Phil says, oh, yeah, we'll get in line. Yeah. Jeffrey makes more fat jokes, which I guess it doesn't matter how rich and successful and how good a father you are. If you're fat, fuck you. I guess so. In your own home. Um, you hear that fat, literal fat cats? <laughs> right. Um, so Aunt Viv comes in and Uncle Phil says, I've treated Will like my own son for four years. How could he be so cruel? Like, how could he be so selfish? Yeah. Um, and Aunt Viv says, oh, he didn't mean what he said. And then she says, well, now let's do a segment of something that confused Chelsea. Oh, great. Wow. What a doof. I know. Is this what this feels like? <laughs> and Viv says, someone is being selfish, but it's not Will. And I was like, does she mean Lou or does she mean Uncle Phil? She means Uncle Phil. It's a problematic point because she's trying to make the point that he let his feelings get get hurt in trying to help Will and that his point about, I raised him for four years, I've been the better father figure oh, for I him. Oh, I see. I want them all for myself kind it, of a thing. It's still, it doesn't, it's not a good argument. It doesn't feel very good. Yeah, because I thought like, she, she was like, oh, she's talking about Lou. Like, because they already made the point that he's doing this for himself to make himself feel better. Yeah. And then I was like, but then the next thing is that Uncle uh, Phil. That Uncle Phil goes yeah. to apologize. So it's like, oh, she clearly meant him. So I was just confused. No, I mean, that's, it's, it's not, it's a bit misguided. It's to get it to the next plot point. Really, there should have been like, a, hey, you got your feelings hurt, but Will, right. you know, Will but and his father. But if you really love him, you got to let him try this. You know, you can't stop him from seeing his father. It's a no-win situation. You just have to right. let it play out. Right. Uh, and then this next scene is, uh, <laughs> I call it Will and Carlton's Chateau. They live in this pool house, which nowadays in 2019 would totally be listed on Airbnb. Will is packing his suitcase to leave for the summer and Carlton is like, can I rearrange some of the stuff while you're gone? And Will's like, yeah, whatever. I'm all hopped up on um, wish fulfillment, so do whatever you want. (laughs) Wished up on on father goofballs. (laughs) He takes down one of Will's basketball posters and puts up a poster of Michael Bolton. (laughs) The first thing he does. Real fast, too. It's right there. It's been there ever since Will moved into the house. He's been waiting. And then he starts knocking Will's baseball hat collection off of its prominent display place into the trash can. Will has this little moment where he gets very pensive and he says, until a few days ago, I never thought I'd ever see my father again. And Mm. then I never let myself think about it because it was never going to happen. But he always... Uh, I always kept this fantasy alive in my heart, and now it's real. Then Uncle Phil comes in to apologize, and Will is also going to try it. And Will says, we both said some things we didn't mean. And Uncle Phil says, oh, I meant what I said. Yeah. I was just out of line. And it's not played for a laugh at all. That's just like him saying, no, no, no. no. I'm right. I'm right, but, but I can't stop you. I'm not the person to be saying this to you. Right. And this is my, my, like, this was one of the more powerful moments in the show for me. Phil is leaving. There's obviously, like, an awkward moment between. I don't think they hug. They don't hug. They do at the very end. At the very end. Here, they just stand awkwardly, and then Phil walks away. And Will says, you know, this is just for the summer, right? And Phil turns around and smiles and then leaves. Yeah. Because he's like, is it? Yeah. Is it? And also, like, he kind of, I think Uncle Phil even now doesn't think it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So he's like, yeah, I wish, I actually kind of wish you were going away for the summer, but I don't, 
I don't think it's actually going to happen. Or if it does, it's going to turn out so badly. Yeah. Will says, and Will does say, I appreciate everything you've done for me for the last four years, but this is not about you. This is something I have to do for myself. And mm-hmm. Uncle Phil says, I'll understand. I'll miss you. And then at the very end, they, they do hug. Yeah. And now we are approaching the inmost cave, seeking the heart of all wonder and terror. Later that day, Lou is late to pick up Will. Uh, he's met a guy who needs a shipment to go from L.A. to Maine in 72 hours. And I checked on this. It is possible. He can get to Maine uh-huh. from L.A. in six, uh, 46 hours. Uh, nice. For whatever reason, I thought, 72 hours, that's nonsense. You but couldn't you possibly. But especially if you have to pick up another, you're going to pick up another driver, which is what Lou says he has to do in yeah. order to make this quick run. And so there's no room for Will in the truck. And I love this next moment. Yeah, it's good. This it's one's fucking good. like, oh yeah? And Will, it feels like, that's, oh, that's so terrible. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Why don't I get Will I'll get him a plane ticket, and he can meet you in Maine. And then when you're done with your shipment, he can join you there. You can have the rest of the summer together. The rest of the it's summer. It's real good. It's like he sinks that three-pointer. He's like, he really does. Uh, checkmate. Yeah, he's um, like, cool, then if it's just this, then it's, this shouldn't be right, a problem. Right, if it's really just that there's no room for this for him in this leg. And then Lou says, well, this could lead to other jobs, and i got to stay flexible. And it's mm-hmm. like, cool. And Uncle Phil is not at all surprised. He's just like, uh-huh, yep. And Aunt Viv says, Will is going to be crushed. And mm-hmm. Lou's like, yeah, I know. So that's why uh, I thought maybe you guys could break the news to him. And there's a really funny moment here where Aunt F- Uncle Phil says to Aunt Viv, take Nikki upstairs. <laughs> and she's like, you're not going to hit him, are you? Because I don't want to miss that. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> she tells Lou that if he's leaving Will's life now, he should never, ever come back. Which I don't, I have a bit of an issue with this. Yeah. Because it's like, now I don't, I have not, expe- both my parents were very present in my life growing up, but Will's an adult now. Maybe it was, maybe it's like, look, if you can't make this big commitment, maybe you can make a smaller one. Maybe you could call him every month. You know, like maybe you yeah. guys could set up, why does it have to be? If you disappoint him, this is your last chance for the rest of his life and your life. She's there's there's a different way to put this that I think would have been better. Uh, I think what she's trying to get a, uh, across is if you do this, you'll break his heart, mm-hmm. and you know don't 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 do that again. You're right. But I think uh, for the most part... I get it for a little kid. Yeah. Because you can't show up for a little kid every once in a while and throw their yeah. whole life into chaos and then it's, disappear. But for a person who's basically a grown man... Yeah, I think if in this situation, the line should have been somewhere along the lines of, um, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself. Right, Or yeah. like, he's, a, he's an adult now. This is your last chance. This You're going to run out of chances to, to That's a good one. You're going to run out of chances. Yeah. That's a good one. And I would suggest not doing this until you're ready. Right. That's that'd be better. But yeah. she does leave after she says, you know, don't ever come back if yep. you do this. Okay, so this is like now we're gonna have a bunch of amazing scenes mm-hmm. just back to back to back, like great writing, great acting from these three actors. Didn't it remind you of just theater? You did. It's <laughs> like two so person good. scenes with high stakes back to back to back. Uncle Phil rounds on Lou and he says, Will was doing fine before you got here, but now that you're back, you have responsibilities. Mm. And they get into a fight yelling. And Lou is like giving as good as he gets. I mean, he starts the whole thing of, well, when Will was a baby, I got scared. And, and Phil's like, like, do not start that. Yeah. Because I have been there and I stuck around because that's what a man does. And Lou goes, okay, great. You win. You're a better man than me. Are it's you happy? Such a, it's, it's so good. such a fucking cop out. But like, it just it, crackles, though. It's like such a good response. It is. Because there's no way out of it. It's like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, you got me. Bye. Yeah, yep. Oh, it hurts it's, so much. Yeah, you win. Lou's like, are you going to tell Will for me or not? And Uncle Phil goes, I'm not going to do your dirty work for you. And Lou says, okay, fine. I'll call him from the road. 
and starts to leave and Will walks in. And now we have the supreme ordeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, the showdown with the shadow. And the showdown is not between Will and his dad. It's between Will and his feelings about his dad. Absolutely. Because everything is about to change on a dime. Right. And and he's going to be confronted with reality that he knew all along. And what you noted earlier of like, I can't believe this is coming true. It's almost too good to be true. Yep. People say that when it is too good to be true. Yep. And they're trying to get somebody to be like, no, it's fine. Yep. And your spidey sense is all pricked up and you're like, this is really going to happen, right? And everyone around you is like, oh, uh, we'll be I'm here. I'm going to smile and walk out of the yeah, pool we'll, house. We'll be here for you when this comes crashing down. It's also worth noting that it, Ben Vereen makes a series of like heel turns here. Where he goes from like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just busy uh, to I'm disappointing my son to be like, you're right. I'm a piece of shit. I can't even look at my kid. I'll call him from the road without making him, you know, like cackle maniacally and like turn into a vampire bat and fly out of the room. Because there is also a thing throughout this episode of like, oh, this guy seems like such a good guy. And he clearly like wants to connect with his son. He's obviously changed. He's not the same guy that ran out on Will when Will was a kid. And then you see in this moment, like, oh, he is. He's exactly the same guy. But Ben Vereen isn't playing it like a bad guy. He's playing it like a Mm -hmm. guy who is afraid to confront his son because he's selfish. Yeah. So now it is Will and it is Uncle Phil and it is Lou and it is this moment where we knew this was going to happen. Yeah, it's a delicious moment of dramatic irony. Will enters, he's all packed and ready to go. He's got a suitcase. The audience knows what's about to happen, but Will doesn't, which Mm -hmm. is the definition of dramatic irony. And say what you will, Will Smith is a charismatic actor and he plays hopeful and... You know, innocent and likable so well that right now this this is the perfect setup for the perfect moment. Yeah, and this is this is like he was five the last time his dad left. He may have a few memories, but he wasn't really part of that abandonment. But this is an abandonment he he will remember. He will be part of. He yeah. will have to reckon with. He's going to have to reckon with his feelings, which is he's been putting that off at least for the extent of this episode, if not his entire life. It's a man-to-man interaction with his father in his father's true form. And he has to look at him and he has to watch him walk out the door and know that this is not about his mother. This is about him and his father. And his father's going to do this thing anyway. Lou starts to tell Will, oh, business came up and we have to postpone our trip. But just for a few weeks, maybe a little longer. And Will immediately knows that this is goodbye. He shuts down. It is like, yeah. yeah, The light goes out behind his eyes. He came in so excited, so happy with his suitcase. That switch is very impressive as yeah. well. And he acts unaffected and he says, he calls him Lou again. Yeah, he's like, alright, bye. Lou. Lou. Yeah. And never has a one-syllable word been more laden with import and disappointment because he had started Sorry. calling him dad. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a hard switch from Lou to dad and now it's in one second it's like, yeah. you're Lou. You're Lou forever. Forever. And Lou is very affected by this, but he doesn't do anything. Yeah, he, he just says, leave. yeah, um... And leaves. I did read that Ben Vereen has stated in interviews that he broke into tears after walking out of that shot. Look, this is just one of the most dramatic moments of television that there ever Yeah, was. this is why everyone remembers it. This is why it's it has spawned a million memes. Mm. And why when it was the anniversary six weeks ago, the 25th anniversary, people were on Twitter being like, this is a thing that I remember coming home from school and like sitting down for my TGIF and no. then being like blown apart by Absolutely. this episode. I still tear up when Same. I watch it. Fucking 
and I know what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. All throughout. So, and I've even like, it's gone to the point in its, in its run on the internet where it's gone from like dramatic moment to like a funny thing that you throw around back to like, you can't just, you, if you watch it in context, you can't deny yeah, it. Yeah. This is the most iconic part of the episode. So Lou is gone and it's just Uncle Phil and Will. And Uncle Phil is like, I'm here for you. It's okay to be angry. And Will says, Will's trying to shrug it off and act He's just like, it's fine. It's for the and best. Fine. I'll be able to date women if yeah. I'm here for the this summer. This works out better for me. You know, like I'm going to be at college and the girls aren't wearing much because it's summer. Like trying to slip back into his Will bravado that he had let drop for this episode. You yeah. know, like he had and been earnest and had been, you know, like trying to be truly present with his dad. It's where we've gone in this episode, which is so smart, where everybody has been like, how do you feel? Yeah. How do you feel? Are you angry? Are you this? And really what we've gone through is Will's been hopeful. Mm-hmm. You know, that is yep. one of the most dangerous feelings you can have in this sort of situation. Hopeful to the point of ignoring the reality. Yes. And now Uncle Phil is trying to get back to, hey, it's okay to be hurt now. Yeah. And Will is still shrugging it off. It's okay to be hurt. The subtext being like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm here, however you feel. You don't have to put on this show Absolutely. for me. And then... Um, oh, and it's also like a care thing where it's like, I'm not going to say I told you so. Yeah. yeah. And Will says, oh, you know, this is all fine. I just wish I hadn't wasted my money on this stupid present. And he pulls out of his bag a statue of a father and a son, mm-hmm. which tiny quibble, not maybe the best present for a truck driver. I don't know. This piece of heavy Fair art. Fair enough. I do um, like the fact that that you get an idea of what it is, but then the episode ends with a focus on just it. Just like, yeah, Great. zoom in on it. Yeah, that's, that's just clever um, TV. It's a statue of a father holding a son, and he's still denying his feelings instead of dealing with them until he can't anymore, and he screams to hell with him. Yeah. And then he has a truly epic speech where he's like, I, you know, I learned to play basketball without him and I got good at it. I started school without him. I had 14 birthdays without him. He never sent me a car, you know, like he's just listing all the things that he's done. And then he says that I'm going to go on from here. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids and I'm going to raise them right because he he doesn't have anything to teach me about raising children. Right. How to love kids. And he's going, he's just railing and it's like beautifully acted and it's beautifully written. And James Avery is there as a scene partner, not saying anything, but just His really like face. grounding the scene. Ugh. And then at the end, the line that everyone remembers, Will Smith breaks down into tears and he looks at him and he says, why doesn't he want me, man? And James Avery is also crying. And then he just like wraps him in a huge bear hug. And there's no, this is the end of the ordeal and there's no third act. There's no, I mean, in terms of the hero's journey, there's no real reward and consequences. There's no real resolution except for wisdom. And Will has this idea of his father as a man instead of a child's idea of his father. I disagree slightly, but not until right now when we're talking about it. I feel like because there's the subtext in this argument of Will's trying to put on a brave face, not only because that's what he does, but because they've had this big argument. He's been proven wrong. Mm -hmm. And their dynamic normally is like... You know, Will, I you did something stupid and I told you so and, and now I'm going to make fun of you and we'll have some jokes and then we'll get on with our lives. This is serious. This is like a deep felt thing. Yeah. And I think that what is learned here is that when it counts for as long as he needs him, Uncle Phil will be there. Yes. Non-judgmentally, not in for the good, not right. the bad. It doesn't mean they won't fight. It doesn't mean there won't be 
you know, like they won't be mad at each other and, and hurt each other's feelings. Like it is not going to be for carnivals. It's going to be right. for the fight. It's exactly. going to be for moments where they scream at each other when they say things that they they don't necessarily mean in the moment. Right. Or, and then this moment when the world has let you down so badly that you feel like you're broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. You doubt your own self-worth. Mm-hmm. Here is your family now. Yep. Yep. It's so beautiful. It was good. I did a little bit of reading about this episode just because there was, a, like I said, a lot of things written about it. There's an internet rumor that... The, that <laughs> what? No, right. That this scene wasn't scripted, but Will Smith's father had left him as a child and he just went deep into his own shit and improvised the speech. It's not true. Will Smith's dad was a very present involved part of his life. Mm-hmm. He was actually like... Um, well, Smith talks about it. he was in the military, and so he had a very sort of regimented. His dad taught him a lot of like um, character lessons and whatever. Um, so it's not improvised, and it's not about Will Smith's dad. But it's a testament to the writing, isn't it? That people think that this monologue in a sitcom Has to was be. improvised. Yeah, must be from a real place. Yeah, per the AV Club. Talking about the scene with uh, Black Streaming last year, Will Smith made it very clear that in that moment, in that monologue at the end, he was fighting just as hard for James Avery's acceptance as his fictional father's. Again, going back to the idea of like he was a novice actor. He'd been cast on the show for four years. He'd been kind of learning on the job with all of these yeah. titans of uh, of film and, and uh, stage in this case, too. Yeah. He got some validation from James Avery at the end of the scene's emotional climax. When Uncle Phil embraces Will, Will Smith said that Avery whispered, that's fucking acting right there in mm. his ear. Yeah. Let's talk about Uncle Phil. Let's do it. Man. What I a titan of the American sitcom. Jesus, Louisus, Christus. Um, I don't think of Uncle Phil without thinking of the first two lyrics from uh, J. Cole's uh, rap Role Models. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. No Role Models with a Z. Song starts out, first things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. For real, you're the only father that I ever knew. <sighs> it's like, okay. So I think that because of James Avery, because mm-hmm. of the writing, because everything came together in this moment, I don't know. And because of some other sitcom stars uh, not living up to their you know, status as role models. I don't know of too many other fathers that we have in sitcom history that live up to James Avery's sincere presence Mm -hmm. as a father figure, not only in his role as a father for his own children, but as an an adoptive father as well. I mean, certainly you can look back at Alan Thick from this or you family ties. Or Well, I mean, the, the thing we're dancing around is Bill Cosby. We are dancing around Bill Cosby. But I'm saying, like, even if you discount Bill Cosby, you're hard-pressed to find somebody. Or fucking Tim Allen. <laughs> you know, like... Drug runner Tim Allen? Yeah, so it... Notorious snitch. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what it must be like as an actor to have a whole generation of kids think of you. Like, it, is that is that enormously... Waiting. First of all, Tatiana Ali, who plays Ashley, Ashley, in this talked about uh, this was somewhere in the 25th anniversary recollections, talked about how James Avery told her that acting is an art for sure, but mm-hmm. if you are able to act a part well enough, you can enact a change in people. Mm. He put such a weight and importance on mm-hmm. what he was doing, and that I feel like comes through more than people who are written well or right. speak well or uh, any combination of charisma 
plus good writing. Mm -hmm. I think there's an earnestness and a genuineness in James Avery that really comes through in this in this way. It's important. It's important for people who felt yeah. neglected in any way. And and Fresh Prince of Bel Air, in contrast to the Cosby Show. Mm. Very much, there are many episodes where they tackle what it means to be an affluent black family. Even in this episode, we didn't talk about it, but there's a thing in the very first scene where Carlton is trying to catch up over 14 years of lost time with Uncle Lou. Yeah. And he's like, let me catch you up. Okay. When I was six, we all moved <laughs> from the hood. Yeah. So you're like, oh, okay. So there are issues of socioeconomic ladder climbing. There are issues of race all layered into this show. So he, Uncle Phil is very much a black father. You know, like in the very first episode, the thing that in the pilot, he and Will at first don't think they have anything in common, anything sure. to talk about. And then they, they've misunderstood each other. And the way that that is illustrated is that he starts talking about his work in the civil rights movement, yeah. which impresses Will. And then Uncle Phil happens upon Will playing the piano very exquisitely by himself. And, yeah. and that changes their perceptions of each other. And it kind of forms the basis for like, oh, we have a lot to learn from each other that carries through the show. So in contrast to the Cosby show, which didn't approach issues of race, very famously just acted like, f because that was the strategy that it's they were. A, it's an important it's, move. Sure. Yeah. It's like, we're just a family yeah. and we happen to be black. And mm -hmm. that is like definitely one way to approach it. And it was very successful. This is for sure dealing with issues of race and class and all of that layered in here and all that layered into his character. Let me share three facts with you about uh, James Avery. Avery hurt his knee and lost his scholarship to play football at Virginia State University. After that, he enlisted, uh, he enlisted in the Army um, and did two tours in Vietnam. Wow. When he got back, he began to write plays about the Black Power Movement. Uh, quote, Damn. I was a cultural nationalist in my hippie days. I had a wonderful time. I was going to be a writer. It was uh, Avery's time as a writer. Uh, he said he was influenced by Nikki Giovanni, Amiri Baraka, James Baldwin, and Paul Lawrence Dunbar. And that is how he pivoted to acting. So wow. these things about the civil rights movement, black, uh, the black power movement, and the importance of racial politics and identity politics in his acting come from a very like studied and real place. Mm -hmm. Another thing to know about James Avery was he was the adopted father of two girls. Oh. So this is also something that sort of hit home for him in that way. Mm -hmm. Here's another thing. Um, James Avery grew up uh, without a father in his life. Oh. Um, Avery was uh, raised by his mother. I'm, I'm quoting from theroot.com, uh, an, uh, an article about uh, called Uncle Phil was a fresh take on black fatherhood, which we will link to you mm -hmm. on our site. Quoting from that, there were other aspects of Avery's background that influenced the work he did on The Fresh Prince. Avery, Avery was raised by his mother. His father was largely absent in his life. When Avery began his stint on The Fresh Prince, he reached out to his own dad, with whom he had not spoken since his fifth birthday. Wow. Yep. I made, this is quoting James Avery. I made a decision to find my father and to talk to him and get to know him because he was getting old and it was time to resolve those issues. And I did. Uh, Avery admitted in 1996, also noting that there is one thing I learned from him, though, and that's how not to be a father. Wow. Yep. I don't, it, it doesn't directly say this was spurned on by that, but certainly right. there is something personal, like deeply personal in this. I don't know. Do you, I, I, I don't want to speculate, but the, you know, the fact that it's when he was five years old and things like that, that match up with this script 
perfectly. Mm-hmm. It, it seems as though there might have been some sort of... He might have had input. Yeah. That's definitely possible. Folks, that has been a very emotional Well, we, we didn't talk about no. who we wanted to hug, but I think we all want to hug Will. No. You want to hug James Avery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all want to hug James Avery, but in I'll this... also take a hug from uh, Uncle, Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil, Yeah. I get it. I, I really feel for, for Will Maybe Will Smith. Maybe we, we want to insert ourselves into their hug at the end. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are we watching next time? Oh, next time we are going to revisit our punker roots. Yeah. We're going to watch an episode of Chips entitled Battle of the Bands. Yep. That's season five, episode 16. We're very excited to talk about it and we're going to have a very special guest. Yep. Good friend of the podcast, Kylie Michelle, will be here to talk about it from a LA punk youth perspective uh, as she grew up. Yeah, we hope you'll join us for that. We wanted to give a shout out here at the end to our friend Mary Hollis's, who was a guest on the show when we talked about ER. Mm -hmm. She's in a new program called American Princess that's now playing on Lifetime. Yeah, it's extremely funny. She is hilarious in it, as she is in everything, and you guys should definitely check it out on Lifetime. For sure. (laughs) You guys know that you can go to our website, Mm huggingandlearning.com, where you can look at all the links that we talk about. You can listen to the audio of every podcast, and you can, very importantly, find our post office box address to send us snacks. Send us snacks. S-U-S. We will give you a huge shout out on the podcast and rename the snack hour after you. Yeah, Josh Miller's getting a full of himself. Knock him down a peg, people. Yeah, send us some snacks. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks! Mm-hmm.